Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and you're about to hear us talk about movies. <laughs> Just improv that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Horror is the only genre of film where women appear and speak as often as men. If you think that is both very cool and very terrible, we agree and we're here to talk about it. This week we're talking about two confinement thrillers, Disturbia and Housebound. But first, let's catch up. What's up, Mackenzie? <laughs> so, uh, what have you been... Uh, what, what's in your pop culture... So we're recording this on January 3rd, right after the holiday season has ended. Um, so I was like in transit and traveling for a while, but I have like mm-hmm. two different things I, I want to talk about. Um, Tim and I started the new season of Atlanta. I don't know if you've watched any of Atlanta, but no, it's really good. It's, I like, cause there's a lot of like weird surrealist moments in it. Um, I do think Donald Glover is like, like, did you read that New Yorker profile where he compares himself to Jesus? No, but that's I'm just kind of tired horrible. of like any men doing that. <laughs> um, and sometimes I watch Atlanta and I'm like, is this that much better than Insecure? Like, not to just compare two works by people of color, but like that one is like winning Emmys and, you know, and Insecure is kind of seen as like a show for like women. I don't know, but they're. Dang, Insecure is so good. That Insecure is, is great. Amazing. Um, and the other thing, I got a book for Christmas called Dead Girls uh, by Alice Bolin, Bolin, and it's a collection of essays where she writes about um, different like pop culture tropes. She's particularly interested in this idea of the dead girl TV show, and uh, like she kind of identifies Twin Peaks as being the first one of these types of mm-hmm. shows. Um, and True Detective, Pretty Little Liars, Top of the Lake, and kind of like the different mm. structures that come along with um, this idea of the dead girl being this like beautiful memory and an arena for the male detective to like work out his problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really, really interesting. And her essays also just cover like she has a chapter on Britney Spears um, and lots of Joan Diddy and stuff. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'll Dang, probably tag that her. That sounds so good. Wait, what's it called again? Uh, dead Girls really good and she in the forward she's like yeah i realize now that i'm writing this like every single thing in publishing is called like something girls you know like gone girls or blah blah, yeah. blah girls or yeah ian loves to point that out when we're at the bookstore yeah it's, it's very trendy yeah what about you what are you into <sighs> our listeners are gonna kill us our listeners all like 10 of you right <laughs> <laughs> i'm i just read <laughs> The, the only thing going on oh my in my God. life right now is I just read the the three Tell the Boys I Love Before books. I have literally nothing else. I haven't been doing anything else. Well, have you enjoyed them? Yeah. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> Although, let me just say, John Ambrose McLaren's coming for you. Oh, I'm excited. I'm ready for some so, conflict. Uh, We'll see. No. No Centineo forever. He brings Peter Kaminsky. To I life. could be swayed away from him. Yeah. Well, in the books, he's just like a really, he's a very like high school boyfriend where you're like, it'll be fine if they break up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, which is but, good. I'm like, props to Jenny Han for writing it that way, for being like, you know, Peter's really nice, but Lauren will be fine if her, they break up. <laughs> her, um, her progress as a young woman is more important. Her yeah. development. Yeah. Right. Do you want to dive in? Yeah. Okay. I can do this one. Okay. 
Okay. Dun dun dun. Bum bum beedum bum bum beedum bum. <laughs> oh, so corny. Um, no, that was good. I'm keeping it in. That was also totally improv. Uh, okay. <laughs> Cut that out. Um, no. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Disturbia, a film made in 2007 by director DJ Caruso, is an homage to Rear Window but made for millennials. Starring Shia LaBeouf on the cusp of becoming a total weirdo, Disturbia follows high schooler Kale Brecht, who has been sentenced to house arrest after a violent outburst at school. Restless and frustrated by his confinement, Kale begins to spy on his surrounding neighbors. As a result of his bored spying, Kale soon becomes convinced that his neighbor, Mr. Turner, is a serial killer. This film has no connection to the 2008 Rihanna single, which <laughs> I told Tim that as he was leaving this afternoon. I was like, uh, Disturbia, the movie came out in 2007. Disturbia, the Rihanna song came out in 2008. Zero connection. Not on the soundtrack. Not made in conjunction with the movie. Like, totally different things. Mm-hmm. Although I can imagine Rihanna being, like, inspired by this. Yeah, I think so, too. And then I looked up the Disturbia lyrics, and they're just generally about, like, feeling crazy. So yeah, man. But still, I I feel like she was. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll never really know until we talk to Rihanna. So Mackenzie, this is not your first time watching this movie. No, it's like my fifth or something. Yeah, it's it so feels many like for times. me too in my heart. <laughs> yeah, gonna be honest, did not love it. Really, this I time did. around especially, I felt very soured on it. I still love it. Sorry, I feel I mean I know all the bad things about it but I still love it <laughs> I also love the first Transformers so you could just say hey, like, the first Transformers there's a case to be made right there <laughs> for sure um so what are your feelings on Shia LaBeouf I had a high school teacher who was always like talking about Shia LaBeouf for some reason and he'd be like his name means the beef he's Shia the beef and like his name does mean the beef <laughs> in french so what are your feelings on shia the beef Uh, okay well i love him i wish he was in more stuff i wish he was like still like wanting to be a mainstream guy and just like in mainstream like you know what i was saying this to last night to ian he would be perfect in if he took chris pratt's place in guardians of the galaxy yeah, he would be good. He would be he good. Would, that, I would actually like Guardians of yeah, the Galaxy. Yeah, I then. kind of missed that too. Like he did movies like this in Transformers, like big budget yeah. movies where he was kind of like the everyman comedy hero. Uh, and now he just does like weirdo shit. Like yeah. what's his, what's that guy's name? Lars Van Trier, like yeah. fucked up weird stuff. And I like do believe streaming, though, live streaming his... Oh, yeah. He does a lot of live streaming. Remember when he did that, like, thing where you could watch all his movies with him? Yeah. Yeah. That that was was kind of cute. He did... I think he does have a domestic abuse charge against him from one of his girlfriends. Yeah, so that's fucked up. But still... Fuck you. (laughs) Do you think he is even cute? That's something I have No? No. No, not really. I do think um, that he is a really, really good actor. And he has, like... Uh, his comedic timing is like perfect and he has really good delivery of yeah he does he does lines. he's very like naturalistic yeah um you can tell he was like a child star kind of because he yeah. just says like, he's really nailed his comedic delivery all those years mm-hmm. on even stevens has really shaped him uh <laughs> i would love to read like a biography of shia labeouf's wow i'm very interested in like child actors they always have like really weird fucked up lives 
Yeah. Like Haley Joe Osment, crazy fucked up life. He was like at three years, uh, the kid from the, uh, the six. Oh yeah. I almost said the kid from science, but yeah. Very few make it out unscathed. So this brings me to my next point. Uh, what the fuck kind of name is Kale Brecht? What do I you know. think they were thinking in coming up with this boy's name as Kale? First name Kale, as in the leafy, the leafy green. Last yeah. name Brecht, which is on it by itself not strange, but Kale it's Brecht. Like, would you name your child lettuce? No, no, I I've never heard a person called Kale before. Me neither. I feel like I thought it was normal in 2007. I don't think I knew what you were kale not exposed was. <laughs> to kale the food yet. Yeah, the kale assans so. had not happened yet. Yeah, Beyonce had not yet made Seven Eleven. Exactly. No one knew about kale until Beyonce <laughs> came out with Seven Eleven, where she danced in her kale sweatshirt. Yeah, I I couldn't get over how weird his name was. Uh, like I forgot that that was his name until I was watching the movie and went on Wikipedia and I was like Kale Brecht. <laughs> Sounds like um he sounds like a German philosopher. You're right. Yeah. So the the premise of this movie is this kid had, his dad is in a horrible his, he and his father are in a horrible car accident at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. One which I was like this went hard. Like this was scary to watch. Yeah. And it reminded me after having just seen Hereditary, it kind of reminded me it didn't remind me of it like the way it was shot or anything like that but it just gave me the same vibe of like when he looked in the car after yeah. his dad they, just and got they didn't like show absolutely the, yeah. hit i was like fuck what does he see i was like because i was thinking like his dad's face must like be gone you know because i was thinking of hereditary but mm-hmm. wait spoilers fuck yeah you just spoiled hereditary <laughs> um so the car accident happens, and then he's kind of on edge and traumatized, so he has this run-in with a teacher at school. He hits his Spanish teacher, and he's sentenced to house arrest. And his, like, parole officer is Viola Davis, which was very surprising to me rewatching me it. Me too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. What kind of... Where was the world in 2008 that Viola Davis had to have this kind of role in this kind of movie? I know. A That's sad place to be. Too. Oscar like, winner, dang. Viola And Davis. Trinity was the mom. Yeah, for, yeah, Carrie Ann Moss, who's also in Jessica Jones. Yeah. She's great. She's so pretty. Yeah. Um, and so is Viola Davis. Yeah. Uh, and so then Kale, kind of like rear view, uh, rear, not rear view window, lol, uh, <laughs> rear window. I was thinking earlier, sorry to go on so many tangents, okay. that a good pun for this movie would be called, instead of rear window, rear end. Because all Kale does is look at girl butts. <laughs> That's Thanks good. for laughing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he is just uh, holed up in his house. And for some reason, he has, like, the most expensive, like, AV and surveillance technology available to him. I wish they had, yeah. like, explained that better. I it, His house is also, like, a mansion. Like, not really, That's but... True. Like, I wonder how much it costs. I think it's, like, probably outside of L.A. Yeah, I think or... it's supposed to be outside of L.A. Yeah. So, hey, the same house they filmed Zathura in. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's a nice house. Yeah, it's a nice house. They're just rich. They're just Everyone's rich. So rich he has all of this, this rich, fancy uh, shit to spy on his neighbors with. Mm-hmm. He starts spying on his new neighbor, a young woman named Ashley, who's hot with a capital <laughs> H. She's blonde. She's skinny and tall. I guess... What this movie to me was like a fun thriller, if not like a little predictable, but the male gaze was like 
I know. It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, Kale has a crush on this girl, Ashley, and he has, like, this monologue where he reveals his feelings to her, and he says, because he's been watching her, and he's like, I've been, he reveals that he's been watching her the whole summer, and he's like, I like you, you read real books, not magazines, you look at yourself in the mirror, but not in a I'm so hot way. And I was like, what? Because her entire character so far has just been acting in the I'm so hot, like I'm aware that you're being a voyeur way. I'm like, who would get into the pool like that if they weren't aware that someone was watching them? And also she just like says it. She's like, like, she's like, I don't need an ID to get in a club. Like, yeah, she knows she's hot. That's okay. I know. It's fun. It's like, of course she's hot and she knows it. That, I look, that like her whole personality I look in the mirror and I'm like wow I'm hot yeah and I'm not even at you that are hot, hot so. first of all but it's so annoying to me that they would make a female character whose whole like purpose was to be the hot girl next door and then he's like you don't even like think that you're hot and that's what <laughs> makes like... you beautiful yeah um <laughs> and what happened to that actress I don't know. I feel like she, we probably owe her the same apology that we owe Megan That's Fox, true. to be honest, because who knows this, who knows? Yeah. I hope she's doing well. I hope she's hope doing she's well happy. too. Um, I found this quote from a review in the AV club, uh, about the kill characters relationship with Ashley. Uh, and it says, perhaps most telling is Romer, who's the actress who plays uh, Ashley. Romer's romantic interest in LaBeouf, LaBeouf, which comes after he learns he's been spying on her. In the era of MySpace and YouTube video blogs, the film implies everyone is so open that only an obsessive stalker has enough interest and access to uncover actual intimate truths, whether they're about his crush object or a psycho killer. I, I kind of like didn't agree that that's what the film was saying. <laughs> Like, I didn't think they had any sort of commentary on, like, MySpace or YouTube or, like, technology no. at all. Like, they could have. for we're, like, the only, I feel like the only way, they definitely portrayed Kale as, like, a good guy. And he's kind of a fucking creep. He's kind of, like, a dick, too. And yeah, they didn't, the only way that it would have that commentary is if they were, like, Kale's a dick and they yeah. don't do that so <laughs> they don't at all like he's never like punished or condemned for being a creepy voyeur he and his his friend ronnie comes over and they just like get so horny watching ashley it's, like it's, it's like really so gross. cringy and embarrassing when they you know, were like cool, but i gotta God. say shia labeouf's the only one who can like really pull off a masturbation joke only guy who can pull off a masturbation joke i would think yeah. He does it in Transformers, too, and I like that one, too. It's an interesting category he's in. <laughs> um, I noticed at the beginning of the film, actually, there's a scene where he's itching his ankle bracelet. Yeah. And they're, That's like, slowly meant. zooming in. Yeah. And it was, like, it seems like a masturbation joke. Yeah. That's what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that it was supposed to be explicitly a masturbation joke. I oh, thought really? I was, like, just yeah. taking it as a that, masturbation joke. There's that, that one, and then there's one in Transformers, too. Listeners, tweet us with your opinion. Is it an intentional masturbation joke in the beginning of this movie when he's scratching his ankle bracelet? Yes. <laughs> we await your opinion. Um, I feel like a dick for liking this movie, but... You shouldn't I just feel like a dick. Do. It like holds such a place in my heart. Like, How old were you in 2007? I don't even know. Like, seventh grade? Yeah, we were young. 
So I don't know. It's just like I watched this so many times with my friends. It's like the perfect sleepover movie. It's a good sleepover movie. And it actually is scary. We haven't even talked about the killer really. But Yeah. So Mr. Turner. Yeah. Next door neighbor. The killer. And he actually looks like the same murderer as in Housebound, I think. They're very similar. Yeah, they are. I mean, they have like slicked back receding hairlines. Yeah, with like slicked back and then curly on the bottom. It's weird. Men, don't um, get that haircut. And possibly both have pierced ears. I don't know. Oh, but yeah. Weird. It's um, weird that we're like supposed to be, he's supposed to, his like allure to get, He he's supposed to be this like hot older man, isn't he? Like uh, luring the, women Mr. back Turner, into I his think, lair. I think he's supposed to. He's not. <laughs> not hot yeah not at all and like so carrie ann moss the mom is way hotter than he is yeah. and like, don't fall for this he looks like a high school band teacher coming down hard on high school band <laughs> teachers <laughs> uh yeah he was he was pretty creepy i was i thought the scene that was creepiest was when he corners um ashley in her car and like touches her yeah. boob yeah it's really scary that is very scary and um i'm like that's me. I'm thinking of like how to um, my favorite murder. How they're mm-hmm. like fuck politeness. I'm like Ashley, fuck politeness. Scream, Lock your doors. Lock the door. Be like he There's like a man reaches in, my car. in her window and turn like grabs her car keys. It's like that's fucking rude. And I don't know about you, but I as soon as I get in my car, I like lock my doors. Oh yes, same. I it, I feel like a man must have written that scene. <laughs> He did, I'm sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty creepy. The other part that I thought was pretty scary was when the mom goes into his house. Yeah, and he attacks the climax. her. Um, what point? At what point would have you called the cops if you were a teenager in this movie? Um, I would have if the man got in my car. I know yeah. there's probably oh, no yeah. grounds to That's do that, when. but I would have been like, this motherfucker got into my car yeah. and took my keys. And it's so weird that when a- when that happens, Ashley's like, let's not do anything. I know. She's like, this has gone too far. We should stop. And I'm like, no, that's, he like Ashley. literally just did something bad to you. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. The uh, What was your like favorite throwback to 2007 culture? <sighs> um... I don't know. It's like this whole movie. The, this movie is the throwback. I feel yeah. Like. Her Shia fashion LaBeouf, is pretty, pretty like exemplary of the time. Um, also at the end when Ronnie, the friend is like, this is going to be the most viewed video on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I watched this movie on YouTube. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. I downloaded it illegally. <laughs> nice. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> So I so obviously this was like heavily inspired by Rear Window, I mm. guess you could say, because the Alfred Hitchcock classic, which if you don't know, is about a guy who is not in house arrest but breaks his like leg or whatever, and he can't. He's stuck in his house, and he just keeps spying on his neighbors, etc. So, but mm-hmm. it's so funny that people thought this was like gonna be as good as Rear Window, or like yeah, it, or like even. It, people were so mad on uh, Ron Tomatoes. People were like, this film is just awful. It's a complete insult to Hitchcock's masterpiece, Rear Window. It's like... like they don't really it, even have that much in common. 
I, I know Other than the general premise. <laughs> it's, it's like loosely based, but people right. are so angry. It's so funny. I know that's very people. The IMDb comment section or the rating section is like a very dark place to be. No matter mm-hmm. what movie you're looking at, there's like the worst of the world. Uh, I went on and looked and saw um, <laughs> saw one. It's funny to agree with a one star review, but this one person commented and said, "There seems to be an alarming trend that I call through the eyes of teenage boy vision. You think from the way the director ordered so many shots of the teenage girl that he had a crush on her. How about making a suspenseful movie that appeals to everyone and not just the males who have exited puberty? Great job alienating your in quotes broad audience." And I was like, "Hell yeah, sister! Yeah. Way to put it to the man." But then there okay. were a lot of really weird <laughs> men who um, who like had long, weird comments about uh, Sarah Romer, who played Ashley. Like this one guy said, the only redeeming entertainment value I enjoyed watching Ashley, slender body, long hair, looking good. Somehow, though, there seem to be way too many 2007 movies where watching a pretty actress is the only thing the movie has going for it. No yeah it's so that's like i feel like it when i'm watching it i'm like ashley is safe under my gaze like and then i read a comment like this and i'm like you know people like shia labeouf's character should be banned from watching this movie you know yeah there should be a rating that's just like teenage boys slash it's especially like (laughs) disconcerting to watch this movie i guess what i wanted from it and which they didn't deliver on is there seems to me to be a very clear connection between shia labeouf's voyeurism and his stalking of people like women like ashley and a serial killer but that connection has never made that he would feel like he was entitled to ashley somehow like he freaks out and sabotages her party he it like watches her Mm -hmm. and collects all this information on her and that is like creepy and be abusive and like really volatile behavior, but it's never connected to in any way um, Mr. Turner's uh, violence against women. And I was like, that would have been pretty cool if Shia LaBeouf like learned something and was like, wow, I'm yeah. not entitled to you in any way or yeah, I, I shouldn't totally have fucking spied on you. And at the end of his like creepy monologue, that's like, you're not like other girls. You can read. You can read. <laughs> You're She's like-, like, wow, that's like either the creepiest thing you like I've ever heard or the sweetest. And then she decides she goes to with kiss the him. Sweetest. And I'm like, it's, cre- it's just creepy. <laughs> yeah, it was just creepy. You need girlfriends to tell you that it's creepy. Yeah. That's what a lot of these movies need. Like just yeah. one more female character to be like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. And like the what whatever her name is skinny they call they make fun of that other girl skinny, skinny mini psycho, that was so mean you know that girl i relate to her she's like when he when the uh his friend ronnie's giving that spanish speech yeah. and he's just like fucking around the whole time skinny mini is like rolling her eyes and is like what the fuck is going on with this guy skinny mini low-key the hero of this movie yeah (laughs) and then at the and then when ashley runs into her at the supermarket or whatever she ashley calls her name and she's hurt yeah she's so hurt yeah i'm like wow ashley the way to defeat the patriarchy is to make bonds with other women you know i thought about the gone girl cool girl 
thing also watching this movie. Yeah, so what we're referencing is in Gillian Flynn's book and in the movie adaptation, the character Amy Dunn goes on this like um, monologue about uh, the cool girl who's this archetyped of a fantastical woman who just likes everything men do. If you're into cars and video games, she's into cars and video games. Um, and she is just like this facade that adapts to whatever you like. And I was like, this is what she seems like because like Ashley walks into the room and is like, I love video games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, did you see what real books she was reading? Was it just books or did they show you like specifically a title? There, I think they did show a title, but I can't remember. But I, I was it like War and Peace or something? Like no, fuck, I forget. Yeah, I didn't notice it either. That'd be worth look- looking up, though. Yeah, that'd be oh. so funny. I bet it's something like really obvious, like of mice and men. <laughs> Ashley cares about real stuff. Dang. Um, On so- the road or the road or what? What's what's uh, what's the not cannibal one? The road on the road. No, the road is cannibal. Oh, the road is Jack Kerouac. Okay. Wait, I think they're both called the road. What the fuck? No, one is on-, on the road, I think, and one is the road, right? Yeah. Well, but... I've only read the cannibal one, and it was good. <laughs> I want to read the cannibal the one. The road is the cannibal one. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my gosh. That is the best book-to-movie adaptation I've ever seen. Oh, I want to like, watch and read. Maybe that'll be part of my... Uh... We can watch it reading <laughs> yeah yeah we could we could Since read that's it my watch resolution it. to read more books mm-hmm. Mackenzie what are your final thoughts and rating for Disturbia mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um you know I think on Letterboxd I rated this like a three and a half uh I don't know what that translates to a two to a ten star uh, probably like a six and a half. No, what did I, I like it more than a quiet, like a seven. I'll go with a seven because oh. even though it's like gross and Shia LaBeouf's character is like gross, I still love it. I think it's just like hits that nostalgic sweet spot for me. Like, mm-hmm. and like I could watch it again tonight. No, that's not true. I couldn't watch it again so soon, <laughs> but like, you know, in a year, I would happily rewatch it. Yeah. I I yeah. think this would it's it's definitely like a adept it's a service to me it's like a serviceable thriller. It hits notes it's supposed to hit. It's scary at certain points. Um but I just couldn't I guess with my modern eyes could not get past so many things in it this viewing so i think i would go with a five i was gonna say four but that felt really rough i think a four (laughs) would be like if production values were really bad and i was reading a few imdb reviews that were like i saw like 20 shots where the boom mic dips into the frame really yeah this person was like uh we live in something something arizona but don't think we don't notice these things that's so funny oh my god so uh a five a five okay five yeah uh all right on to housebound released in 2014 housebound is new zealand screenwriter and director gerard johnstone's first feature film much like disturbia housebound's main character is a young person who has been sentenced to house arrest in place of kale lol we have Kylie, an acerbic and disgruntled thief who is forced to return to her childhood home, which is inhabited by her daddy mother, her remote stepfather, and perhaps a ghost. 
With the help of her mother and a thoroughly charming security contractor, Amos, Kylie uncovers the dark past behind her childhood home. I unearthed, by looking at this movie, a document on my desktop where I wrote a review for it when I first watched it, I think in like 2014, 2015. And in the review, I was like, my friend told me to watch this movie. And I think that friend was you. It was me. Oh, that's so sweet. Because I was like, (laughs) I think I watched this first and told Mackenzie. And then I was confronted with the real truth, which is you told me about it. I hope it, I hope that is true. Maybe it's it's not. I I cannot imagine who else it would be. Um, so what do you think about this movie? I love this movie. Um, the first time I watched it was such an unexpected pleasure. Mm. Uh, <laughs> cause it's, it has such to me like a great setup. It's a, um, I love, uh, the humor in it really works for me. I love the mother daughter relationship. Um, I'm just really charmed by New Zealand humor and filmmaking. I think, yeah, uh, me too. I, my standout fave is Miriam, the mom, who to me, like her jokes just land. Her acting lands. Yeah. She's so funny. I mm-hmm. liked Morgana O'Reilly as the main character, Kylie. Um, and it, it's, it's definitely a very unexpected genre blending twisty movie, which I'm not sure if they always pull off, but I have so much fun regardless watching it. What about you? I agree. Um, about the New Zealand horror, I'm like, super like having a a week I guess of that because on Monday we watched uh what we do in the shadows and then Tuesday we watched hunt for the wilder people (laughs) Uh, Taika Waititi appreciation yeah and and uh um Rima T wait how do you say her name uh Rima T Wyata I guess okay she's in hunt for the wilder people too so and I forgot that she was in this but yeah um she won like the New Zealand Oscar for Oh my god. She's so good. Yeah, I love her. I love her too. I looked up her background. So she's actually an indigenous actress. She has done everything from like Shakespeare to sketch shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she's so much fun to watch. I really, really enjoyed her in this. I hope to see her in more stuff. I love that in uh, Thor Ragnarok, Taika put in a bunch of like his mainstay actors. Like Mm -hmm. the child services officer in oh yeah for the Boulder people is in Thor Ragnarok and I'm like I gotta use Rima yeah if he does another Marvel movie I would love to see her in it same that would be amazing oh yes we're talking about Marvel a lot in this episode weird not a lot just twice (laughs) okay (laughs) um so what do you think of Kylie as the main character you know I was surprised at how much she reminded me of uh, Kale. <laughs> yeah, true. And true. just like the whole vibe of the movie, I was like, wow, this was actually a perfect pairing. I didn't think it would match up. I was like worried about how it would match up a little bit. But it's like it, it they're really similar. Yeah, they're really similar. And as we'll get to later, the reaction to, to the two characters, it seems, are totally different. Like Kale is a creep. He's kind mm-hmm. of rude to his mom. He's rude to other adults. Mm-hmm. But Kylie is also rude to people, and everyone was fucking up in arms about it. Um, I mean, there are some points, certainly, where I just wish people in movies were nicer to their moms. You yeah. know, it's really hard for me to watch rewatch Gilmer Girls sometimes, because I'm like, yeah. Lorelai is such a fucking dick to Emily. Like, I can't stand it. I'm like, you're yeah. a 34-year-old woman. Don't fall into these traps with your mother. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I really like this movie because... 
um, why it is like a blend of horror and comedy. It's so rare to see a mother-daughter relationship in a horror movie that isn't mm-hmm. like about some deep, dark evil or possession or, you know, not like played yeah. for horror itself. This is just about like a mother and daughter who don't get along and are able to kind of like muddle their way through this like horrible mystery about their house. Yeah. And they make a pretty good team, I think. I think so too. Um, so what did you think of the initial like big twist in this movie, which we can explain, I guess. Um, I, uh, should we explain it first? Okay. So, um, this movie, she is, did I, did we tell, wait, let me read the description, what we already said. Um, so they think the house is haunted at first. Okay. Yes. So they, Kylie thinks the house is haunted. They hear like, uh, like, creaking and uh stuff gets moved around and lights go on and off etc and um they discover kylie discovers that her mom has been hiding a secret the fact that the home used to be a like halfway house Mm -hmm. uh for troubled teenagers slash children um and that a murder was committed there and you kind of think that you're led to believe that the uh, wo- uh, girl that was murdered is the ghost that's haunting the house. Mm-hmm. But you actually discover that it is a shut-in that is living in the walls. And he's, like, friendly. And he he's is like, kind yeah. of, like, he, like, view- he sort of becomes, like, her Kylie's, like, brother, I feel like. Yeah. Um at the end when they're all just like living happily together and he's just living in the walls but um, <laughs> um and the real killer was kylie's counselor mm-hmm. dennis he murdered a young woman who was um staying at the halfway house yeah he murdered uh, the so girl pretty a pretty big coincidence but um one that they attempt uh who is the the counselor? I was like, I was watching it for the first time. I was like, this guy has to be a fucking hobbit. Like, he was definitely a hobbit. And he was a yeah. hobbit. Yeah. Um, he, um, wait, who is he? He's a hobbit. Oh, I'm not sure which Like, hobbit. just a hobbit. I just know he's a hobbit. I looked it up once. I wonder which uh, one. I'll I could picture him so clearly as a hobbit. You're right. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're a New Zealand actor, I'm sure, like, there have all been a hobbit extra at some point. That um, shot of him at the end where um, we're probably getting ahead. I'm getting ahead of this, but he's like, uh, it's when the mom or it's when Kylie first realizes that he's the murderer because he has dentures and they know that the murderer yeah. had dentures and they do this like close up of his mouth and it's so gross. And, you know, that reminded me of Hobbit. It reminded yeah. me of Bilbo. Yeah. He was Farmer slash- Maggot in uh Lord oh. of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, <laughs> Wait, who was he? Farmer Maggot. It's spelled to me exactly like oh. Maggot. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I'm recognizing him. He like stares at the um, the ring race as they go by. That's like yeah. his big scene, I think. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, the one that they steal the uh, the carrots from. Yes, I think. yes, 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 yes. You're right. Um, so <laughs> shine on that actor. Uh, to me, uh, so I... Another thing I liked about this movie, and this is a quote from the director talking about Kylie, um, it's kind of like explaining why she is the way she is and talking about how 
to him, Miriam kind of explains why Kylie is so like dark and withdrawn because if mm-hmm. you grew up with someone as relentlessly positive and dotty, a real word, um, mm-hmm. as Miriam, that uh, you would turn out like Kylie. And he says, but the main reason I wanted a character like Kylie is that I wanted the protagonist to be someone that wouldn't scare easily. That way, when she finally does fall victim to fear, it's much more palpable. And so she is like a huge, um, a cynic. And it's funny. I like, I really enjoyed the scenes where she played off of Amos, who was like her security officer who would check on her, uh, who turns out to be like a paranormal investigator. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he was, they just had like a kind of funny, uh, repertoire between them. Yeah. I love Amos. I feel like, um, when he, he's called over because her, uh, security ankle bracelet is, Mm -hmm. goes off. She has one just like Shia's. Um, he comes over and they're like, we think the house is haunted. The mom says that. And Kylie's like rolling her eyes. She doesn't want her to tell him, obviously, because she's yeah. like, "You're gonna, he's gonna think you're crazy, and he's never gonna like come over here again if something bad happens." But which Kylie would probably like, but yeah. Um, but he the, he just immediately is like, "You're right, it's a ghost," and starts recording. And I yeah. loved that. I was he's I forgot so that that happened. I and so I was like so pleasantly surprised by that because it's like finally. I mean, we just talked about how we're so annoyed. Like we hate when uh, people are disbelieved in horror movies. Yeah, we were talking about Hereditary in our 2018 wrap up, and he just like instantly believes and is like game to investigate with Kylie. Yeah, it's so cute. And I feel like in a weaker movie, they would have made the character of like a man who gets to check in on them, like a romantic interest for Kylie. Yeah, uh, played like that way. But I'm just happy that they didn't do that. Uh, yeah, they didn't explore like that at all. Detective buddies. I also love to see a female asshole in a movie. Like someone who's like mean, a jerk, has like uh, seemingly no redemptive qualities. It's so rare. And (laughs) I think it helps when you have more than one female character in a movie doing substantial things, you can Mm -hmm. have one that's an asshole, you know, and it's it's just nice. Women should be allowed to be dicks too. Yeah. And she's, and uh, I mean, you do, I felt like kind of more secure with her because she is not afraid. So it was like- I don't know when she was just like walking around in the basement and stuff. And like, she just like goes for it. She just like searches things out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah go for it, girl. She's a badass. I did look up and I think I shared with you, um, a blog post from this website, spook du jour, uh, where the writer kind of found fault with the movie and said that the portrayals of Miriam and Kylie were sexist and that Kylie is kind of portrayed as this like cold, hard bitch Whereas Miriam is this kind of stereotypical, like, idiot mom um, who, this writer says, has no redemption. But I didn't didn't agree with that because I think that Miriam definitely, she didn't need to be redeemed to me. Like, I didn't think there was anything wrong with her. And I, you know, and uh, I don't know. I just just don't know if I agree with that assessment totally. I feel like this is kind of, an example of like I hate to say this but like someone wanting to find something sexist yeah, about a movie definitely 
which I mean, I hate to say it because it's like sexism exists everywhere and it's like just pervasive in literally everything. And, and it's I'm like, sure I, there yeah. is stuff in this movie that is sexist, but it's like, that's not it. It's sexist. That After like, watching Disturbia, this seems like it was written by Gloria Steinem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, it. Uh, she didn't like, I, like I for critiquing this blog post by uh, uh-huh. Spook Du Jour, I feel like she didn't say anything about like the counselor taking advantage of like his position of like, uh, of power with this young woman that he murdered and with Kylie. Yeah. And just like a- anything like that, I feel like, and he's the villain, I feel like. And I don't know. She didn't talk about that at all. And I feel like, yeah. And I, I kind of feel as though, I mean, like obviously if this movie had been made by a woman or had a female screenwriter, that the mother daughter relationship would have been a little more nuanced or, um, hit points, uh, a bit better, but you know, that's not what I need. But yeah. I well, I also think I mean when she's like he, they're saved by a man, but it's like uh, okay. This this man has is like extremely mentally ill and like very childlike and I feel like it, it, like him to have that power to be able to contribute to their safety or to like wanting to like help them is like fine like he should be allowed power as well you know what yeah. i mean like he's not just like some like he's not just like it's not like the cop is saving them you know yeah it's exactly like, it's not like this hero yeah. um with a amazing jawline i was <laughs> truly shocked when they were first revealed eugene i know he's so scary so scary he's very scary looking this is very, Just very the frightening. Thought of someone like living in the wall is fucking terrifying. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. It's very scary. My favorite murder has many good stories about like weird shit happening in people's houses because yeah. someone was in the wall. And there's always like an episode on like CSI and like criminal minds and stuff where there's just like a guy living in your like yeah. attic or whatever. Mm-hmm. My only real fault with this movie is that as much as affection I have for it, it does to me feel like almost the first draft of a better movie. Like it needed a few more go arounds about the plots and all the different plot twists they employ. And I think a lot of interesting ideas get kind of left behind because they're pulling off so many different twists and turns. And in the, uh, probably like halfway through the movie, they discovered that this young girl was killed in the house and Amos, the security guard, has this really impassioned... They believe that this young girl's the ghost. And Amos, the security guard, has this impassioned conversation with Kylie where he was like, you're not that different from that girl. You know, you're someone that, like, people would give up on. And you shouldn't give up on her because you're like her. And she needs your help. She needs, like, um, justice mm-hmm. because she's been so brutally murdered. And I almost wish that there had been a ghost just to have a ghost have a connection with Kylie like that, you know? Or for Kylie yeah. to be like... Yeah, I, I'm a person who needs help and I need to help this girl. You yeah. know, I feel like they could have just explored that more or honestly, I would have been in favor for there being a ghost and a Eugene. Yeah. And they, um, I mean, in his interview that we'll link to in the notes with the director, whatever his name is, um, Gerard, mm-hmm. what is it? John Stone. Is it, is it Gerard? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you know, we, we did it and then i was like you know this is too funny and not scary enough so i had to go back and like do some more scary stuff and that made me be like oh that's why it's kind of like a little bit feels like not as polished as it could be i think but i do think that it really 
um gets a balance right between like comedy and horror at at the, at the end you know i agree like the the humor has elements of like slapstick and and vice versa kind of mm-hmm. um so i just wish that they had like maybe done like one or two more drafts of the script to figure yeah. out like yeah what they were trying they to try to do like uh, like kylie does still seem to have like a connection with the girl who was murdered because at the end she sort of is like why didn't you tell anyone eugene blah yeah blah. and she sort of just is like still trying to fight for her but it does kind of fall flat mm-hmm. um compared to the speech that amos gives to her yeah i would have loved to see that develop more but overall it's not, like, rounded out really mm-hmm. overall really love this movie um now I would love to read from some reviews from people who did not like this movie and surprise what they hate about it is really fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. So here's uh, one disgruntled IMDB user. This review is titled Kylie is a grumpy, stupid bitch. A lot of people, this is another movie where people in the ratings section were uh, claiming that there was a conspiracy to rate this movie higher than it should be. And I was like, because guess what? New Zealand? Yeah, and they were like, guess what? Like, people have different tastes than you. I would never be like, is there a conspiracy because people like this movie? Anyway. Um, did no one on the entire production ever stop to consider that how the audience might perceive the purported heroine? Kylie. Heroin? Fuck. That's fine. Moving on. What a horrible bitch. Aren't we supposed to be rooting for the final girl? In this case, I found my teeth itching to see her come to a horrifying sticky end at the hands of whoever, whatever, because she was unbearable. Um, I feel like we have read another review where someone was like, I just wish, oh, hush. They were like, I wish she died because I didn't like her, which is an interesting reaction to have to a film. And fucked up. Like, you should be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) Yeah. It's very strange that you would root for that. Um, this other person said the biggest drawback is that the film's protagonist is utterly obnoxious. She is such an angry, moody, ungrateful young woman that it's hard to care what happens to her. Uh, and then they said at the end, the house set design is great too, but overall it's hard to watch this film without recalling how much better Disturbia did its similar premise. A connection. Oh, man. I kind of felt no. that I felt... I mean, I guess because Kylie's uh, attackers were like people sent to her by the state to check in on her. I did feel more fearful for her than Shia LaBeouf because I was like, Shia LaBeouf, call the fucking cop. Yeah. I know he did, but be more reasonable when you're speaking to the cops. And I mean, Housebound is just, it's like pretty artfully yeah, shot. I Like I was like struck at the end by... uh like from the shot before that I mentioned where uh, Kylie realizes that the killer is her counselor, Dennis, where he mm-hmm. has a denture um, from like that sequence all the way into like her like just like the the fight that ensues. She like has a cheese grater and is like grating his face, which is like funny, but also yeah like terrifying and it gives him this look of almost like he has this look of like a vintage villain sort of to me because his clothes are really dated his like style is dated and when she grates his face it gives him a look of like i can imagine it being in like some sort of like Freddy, I've never seen any of the slasher classic slasher movies but i can imagine it being no i i agree i i know what you're getting at 
And like the there's a shot too where uh the light on his face is like perfect. It's when um uh he's coming out of the bathroom upstairs and Kylie and Miriam are confronting him with a knife and they're like, Why didn't you go to the bathroom downstairs? And he's like, I just wanted to be discreet. But the like <laughs> light on his face is just shining on his face in such a way that it reminds me of like <laughs> Like, I guess, like a vintage horror film, but almost like those like uh, noir films where the woman is just like glowing. It yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's like funny and so creepy because he's just like this sweaty, horrible man. Yeah, he is. So. It's definitely very satisfying when he has his head exploded at the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a really fun movie. I, I definitely recommend it. I'm going to give it... Um, a seven out of ten because it's just it's just a lot of fun even with with the problems i have with like some of the plot um structure it's just fun and i think most people would enjoy it unless you have a problem with like a woman being a bitch then you probably wouldn't enjoy it yeah what about you um i'll give it a eight because i gave disturbia a seven so i think didn't i, I you did higher than <laughs> disturbia so <laughs> Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, it would really help us out if you left us a review. Are we done? Can I yeah. go into this? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. It would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChicksFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on January 21st, and we'll be talking about Night of the Living Dead and Train to Busan. Very excited. Me too. <laughs> Chick Flicks is researched and written by Bridget Hovell. That's me. And edited by Mackenzie Chapman. That's her. Me. Many thanks to <laughs> Tim Grieve Carlson for our music, and thank you for listening to Chick Flicks. Bye.